All right, we are live. All right, you guys, welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast. I'm Kevin, and this is Starshima. Tonight we're going to talk about how to navigate a toxic work environment. How you doing, Starshima? I am doing good. How are you? Hey, I kind of like that music. You kind of got 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 me got got me over here. One two step in here a little bit. <laughs> don't worry, I have good music every week, just as long as we don't we don't get in trouble for copyright network and shit. Oh no, we ain't gonna be copyrighting this shit. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I've been good, waiting good, here for good. your ass again and shit. You know, I'm on white people time, but I don't know where the hell you've been. But <laughs> hey, you know, I run on CP time, so I'm always a little bit late. <laughs> I guess that's what makes us a good balance for each other, that's right? That's true. Well, you know, my <laughs> wife's right. Filipina, so she's always fucking late. So if I want her to be somewhere on time, I have to tell her to be there like 30 minutes to an hour early. Well, yeah. well, well, you know, Whatever. sometimes that's just how we roll as women. When we walk into the room, we just want to make a statement sometimes. Yeah. Just get your ass there on time. We got shit to do. <laughs> you know, here's a, it's so funny because <laughs> I have historically been late all my life but listen before i was listening to steve harvey he says that it's a study that a scientific study that's out right now around people who are always late and they find that people who are always late live longer lives i believe that because they, mm -hmm. they feel like they're less stressed right i pull mm -hmm. up to the scene like hey i'm sorry i'm late i'm sorry and we just keep on moving right I got that. You're so less stressed. Some science to being a little bit late, and if it's the longevity for me, I'll take it. Yeah, you're less stressed because you're fucking stressing me out being late, so I'm gonna be the one who dies earlier. <laughs> I know blood pressure like yeah, out the roof. Like where the hell is our shoe at? We supposed to be in the studio already. I believe that. That's true. Yeah. But you well, know what? I really do respect people's time, but I am known to be late that is i know genius. i know it's all right well there's a study out too that says people who curse are fucking more intelligent so is that true i believe they have such a good vocabulary <laughs> it's so well-rounded i wish that i grew up in england because in england if you curse nobody bats an eye like you can say all kind of words you can say my favorite c word which i won't use but mm -hmm. that's my favorite word of all but you know women get mad so i can't say it very often but i yeah. wish i lived in english so i could curse more yeah. Is that, is yeah. that really your wish? Just so you can curse for no other yeah. reason? I love the curse, so why not? Right. I think, you know, as nurses, I kind of feel, and I don't want to put all nurses in a box, so this, again, I'm not projecting on anyone, but I feel like because of what we see as nurses, we have this different type of sense of humor, and I feel right. like at least me and some of my nurse friends, like, we curse like sailors. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have and reserve and knowing when to pull back and when not to use it right very right. conscious of that but you catch me in the right environment maybe with a, a little <laughs> bit of patron in my cup then you might catch a whole other side of starshima right. <laughs> next time i'll put up some lights and shit we'll dance and party <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean look at your background what you got I back there <laughs> i got my balls of whiskey back here and stuff i'm ready to get going Right, you didn't even bring me a shot. What kind of uh, co-host is that? I mean, I thought well, co-hosts look out for co-hosts. Well, I helped mentor somebody recently, and her husband bought me a bottle of a Johnny Walker Blue, and I tasted it, and I appreciate it. I'm glad, but, man, I don't know what to say, because I guess I like cheap shit, but 
I drank some of that and I just couldn't do it. I don't know if it's too strong, the way it tastes, but I'm like, give me some Jack Daniels, some Jim Bean. <laughs> yeah. So Maybe I'm not sophisticated Walker, enough. It's a whiskey, I'm assuming. It's a whiskey, I guess. It's uh, There's black label, blue label. I think there's red label. I don't know and shit, but the blue's kind of, I guess, expensive, but I, I don't know. I'm not a very big whiskey person. I, mean, I like Jack Daniels. I like Jim Bean. I don't really like tequila and stuff like that, but I like to drink. You like the dark? I like the I like the, I like the three W's in life. The three W, what are they? Wine, women, and weed. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin, what in the world? <laughs> hey, look at me. They don't have to I be thought the other particular... W was whiskey. You had me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be in any particular order. They could be all together at the same time. <laughs> You don't need to prioritize them. Just give it to me right. how you give it to me, right? Yeah, I'll take it as it comes. So one may help the other. You never know. So oh, one may potentiate uh, the other. You know what I mean? Hey, there you go. <laughs> Who needs Viagra when you got the three W's? Oh shit! Oh my goodness! You got. You might tell whoever listens to this podcast and try to make that as some type of thing. Just go ahead and let them give you a plug for. Just go I know, ahead. Right? Like I'll let y'all know. Just give oh. me my plug. Let me say phosphodiesterase. That way we don't get in trouble for using Viagra Cialis. Right. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, there is a woman's version called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I.com. Y'all can feel free to sponsor Starshima and I and stuff, give you a plug. But that's the female. It's called the Little Pink Pill. You ever heard of that? No, I ain't heard yeah. of it. I've <laughs> <laughs> no, I understood that. No, I knew that there was a woman's form. I never really like looked into it or anything like that. Well, here, let me send you the link so you can look into it. <laughs> <laughs> you like check this out after the podcast, or yeah. check this well, out. Why, this is why you check it out after? You check it out during. There you go. It's in the private chat. <laughs> See if your insurance covers that uh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. What big donations? Huh? I said, we'll take donations. We'll start a, a GoFundMe drive so we can buy some Addy for everybody. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Addy for everybody. What kind of name did they give it? Addy. I, mean, I, I, I know. That's crazy. Addy, Addy. But yeah. Right. All right. Oh, so, my goodness, Kevin. All right, so we're, so we're going to talk tonight about working or navigating a toxic environment. So let me ask you this, because I'm a guy and I've worked with you ladies for 30 years, but I ask a lot of female nurses, if you had your choice, who would you rather work with, a man or a woman? So I'm asking you, who would you rather work with, a man or a woman? You know, it's your, it, your time to be honest, too. Don't bullshit. It's my time to be honest. Don't sugarcoat nothing. Nope. Let's just lay it out there. Let's lay it um, out. I have to say, if I had to choose between a sex, male or female, <laughs> I think that I would choose to work with a male nurse. Why? One that is extremely educated. What I found in my time is I have a very masculine type of energy. And the thing that I love. Okay, hold on, hold on. What does that mean? You have a masculine type of energy? Because I mean, very, I'm soft. You're very fucking feminine to me, so. I, I am femme. Like, don't get me wrong. I am very soft. Y'all ain't caught my last videos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I hey, am don't make me soft. go over the video we talked about. Now, I don't want to get in trouble with your husband, so. Okay. <laughs> I am pretty soft, but when it comes to things like business and executing. I really admire the way that men navigate things. I like the very simple and practical approach, the less reserve of emotion. Now they have emotions, but emotion is a little bit different. I don't think the emotion drives the decision-making when it comes to men. Even in business, a lot of coaches I've hired have been women, but some of my silent mentors who are followed, they're men. Like I referenced Steve Harvey, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. Like 
I like the very simple approach. And my preceptor was a man. And I felt like he taught me a lot about who to be as a nurse, what kind of nurse I wanted to be. He taught me how to drop F-bombs when it was appropriate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And I just would think that that was it. Sometimes when you work with women, I'm just going to be real. Like it begins to get away from the work and more into sometimes cattiness. Now, as a disclaimer, I love my women because I coach and I help women, right? That's my magic. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk shit about women. Just it, we work in a female dominated society. So. Yeah. And it just sometimes just get trying- catty. But why? What is it? Is it because it's the person? Is it because it's the work environment we work in? I think it's sometimes our nature as women, right? We are very emotional. We are tapped into our emotions. So then we don't begin to like each other. Or someone said something and we get offended. And then in that, it begins to impact the work environment. And then it impacts our ability to be able to produce. That is my perspective. Someone else can see it from a completely different lens. And then it gets catty. She's talking to Sue about Jane and then Jane talking to Sue about Joe. And it's just like, we're here to work. Like, I'm here to take care of a patient. Right. So I see that. But this is what I have to ask is, you know, I don't know if it's this way anymore or if it's not as much or if it's the same. But when I grew up as a nurse, we always talked about our older nurses eating their young. And so my advice to all the female nurses that start when they're new is don't cry at work. If you need to cry, go to the bathroom, cry all you want, clean yourself up. And I don't think you should have to do that because I always look at women. Women cry when they're happy. Women cry when they're sad. Women cry when they're mad. It's just a natural response. So why do you think women get upset when they see other women cry? How come they don't console them? That's what Um, I have to ask you. It depends on the individual. Like for me, when I see a woman cry, I admire her vulnerability. I think as women, we have been taught to not be vulnerable, not share our emotions. And when we do, we appear to be weak. So that can be conflicting to another person who don't know how to share and experience their own emotion. I don't get offended. I'm okay with seeing another nurse cry, another sister cry, and going over and giving a hug to be able to help them. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, I you're the first person I've ever heard that would say, you know, I, I don't get offended. I don't know if they're offended or they just see it as weakness. I'm not sure why they see it as a weakness, though. Like, what is it that makes it weak? It's a natural response. So why is it weak? Why is crying because, weak? Because we're always taught to be strong. As women, we're, yeah. we're heroes. We're supposed to carry all these things on our back. We're not meant to be weak or show that we can have any signs of weakness. They shouldn't be able to see a sweat. But why not? We are human. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I trust me, I see it all the time. So this is what I see when a woman withholds their emotions instead of crying. Like to me, just personally, it's a natural thing to do. I see a woman who learns she'll really big red streak right around her neck or chest. It'll get bright red. And that tells me just from experience and watching, observing that she's really angry or upset. And I just walk away and come back later. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but if you Pay attention. All the rest of you out there, pay attention. When you have a woman who's controlled their emotions and don't cry, it has to come out. It has to manifest. And usually what you see is that big red around the neck and chest. And that means she's either pissed off or angry, upset. It doesn't matter. You should turn around and walk the other damn way for the next hour or so to give her a chance to calm down. But I'm just curious. You know, To me, that creates some type of toxic work environment. You know what I mean? Women, like, when women can't 
express their emotions as they need to and they bottle them up. So what type of toxicity do you think that that aids to in the workplace when women don't express their emotions? Jealousy, anger, frustration. It creates cliques, you know, you get excluded from groups. So like, I'll give you an example. I pulled up a, and I know that Jane wants me to save all these. So thank you, Jane, for making my life harder. So I wonder if I could save it in the chat and she can download it. I don't know, is that possible? So No, I don't think so. Damn it. <laughs> right, so it says, what does a, this is from, uh, now I just picked, it ain't because you're a woman of CP, but I picked it. <laughs> it came up, but let, me, let me find out, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it says minoritynurse.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the hell they got there, but it came up, but it says, what does a toxic work environment look like? Mm-hmm. So it says, as a nurse, you probably already understand the importance of being able to adapt to a different work culture. If you're not sure how to learn more about specific culture or out atmosphere in the work environment, there's a little, you know, a few things you can do, but ask questions, stay transparent, watch and learn from others. But some of the things that you can see when there is a toxic work environment, Lack of communication amongst coworkers, clicks, exclusions, mm-hmm. groups. Workers are not motivated to do their jobs because they just feel discouraged and they're mm-hmm. easily burnt out. Yeah. So can you see those? Can you see those things? Yeah, I can definitely see those things happening like clicks as nurses, right? Do you see even clicks exist, right? We work right. in the capacity of ER. And were there clicks inside the ER? Like it was like the click of maybe these are all the people who felt like they were the cool kids. And if you didn't fit and meet into that click, then you weren't the cool person. And with that, when it goes back to that thing of nurses eating their young, surprisingly, this type of mentality starts very early on in education, even in the classroom. We begin to get that bullying type of mentality, people who appear to be smarter, the jealousy, the envy starts right then and there. And because people are like that, it goes over into the profession when they are now having to train and to raise up. So then you see them get into cliques of people who look alike, who sound alike, who share the same values and beliefs, and then they gang up against these other people. And when that happens, we're divided. And when we're divided, we can't conquer. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, you know, we, like in the ED, we'll give example, and most ED nurses, they love the adrenaline. Even in the ED, we have the green zone, we have the blue zone, the yellow zone, the red zone. Why is it that sometimes when you work in the green zone, you feel like you may not be as competent as other nurses, or if you work in the red zone, you're smarter than the rest of the nurse? Is that always true? It's not always true, but that's something that someone has put there. I've seen people work in either of those capacities, and it may not necessarily be true, but because you fit into one click, oh, let's put you in this area where you get this kind of exposure to teach you. And then we're just going to think because we don't get along with you and you don't fit with our crew tonight, then we're going to put you somewhere else. Right. Right. When you can have that amazing nurse down in the green zone when they should really be in the red zone, saving some lives. Well, I had that that because I, not that I didn't like him and don't get me wrong because, you know, I was a combat medic, so I love adrenaline and shit like that. But when I worked at a certain place, they would always put me in the red zone. And, you know, I get tired of it sometimes. Like, you know, can I get a fucking break? Well, you know, the nurses down there, they're not very experienced. I'm like, yeah, but how the fuck are they going to get experience if you don't put them in the place to get the damn experience? Put them next to me and I'll help the rest get the experience. But sometimes I think we shoot ourselves in the foot by doing that, by not trying to help out the younger nurses and get the experience. So, I mean, And we create this effect like in the space 
where we're doing it to ourselves, yet we're complaining, but we're creating these environments of toxicity, right? right. And then we're not allowing other people to grow because our subjective thinking says that they're not adequate to be able to. Well, if they went to school, they passed the NCLEX, what makes them not be able to not be able to learn? Like, and we try to judge the new people coming in or people with less experience than us in the years and being in an environment as if they're inadequate when they just need the level of exposure that you've had. Like, I can't hold a new nurse to the same experience that I've had. Right. I can't I mean, expect a student to perform on the exam as an experienced nurse when they're still learning. But that creates toxicity in the work environment. And that's why people are exiting in droves, especially in their first year, because we have toxic environments that we have created by our own levels of insecurity and envy towards one another when we are all here for the same goal, to care for so, the patient. So do you think that, what are some signs that you think that if you see somebody with inside a toxic work environment, what do you think you as a mentor can see how it affects certain people? What do you see how it affects that work environment or that person? What do you think happens? So I think when they're in toxic work environments, you can see the behaviors of the individual. Like for me, I'm a huge empath. I can read, I can feel, I feel energy. And you can feel that a person when they come in to work, if the environment is toxic, they're not as confident right? And their ability to perform when they're around certain people. They're not as motivated to learn new things because they are already feeling like they're inadequate. Sometimes they may not even be happy with the jobs that they have, right? I mean, that's just some of the things that I think that I would see within the environment, within the individual that makes me say like, hey, what's going on? What are some of your thoughts? What do you think? So, I mean, I think that, you know, if you are in a work environment that's toxic all the time, you're going to get sick. You'll get, you know, you're like, you're always tired. You don't feel good. You don't, it's going to cause medical errors. It'll cause anxiety and depression in the nurses themselves. High blood pressure. I mean, it could cause, cause you to have a damn stroke if you're always stressed to go to work, you know. Like, I can tell you from personal experience, like when I left the last place I was working, I mean, it's, it's not that I didn't like the people there, but the environment was toxic because of the way we were changing things all the time. And I didn't even want to go to work. I love nursing, but I didn't even want to go to work. So I had to walk away just so I wouldn't make myself damn crazy. So what do you do? I mean, yeah, it's hard to change a culture. You know what I mean? It's hard to change a culture. It may be difficult to change, like change is always tough, but I think change can happen if people are willing to become and be aware of the toxicity that they can bring to an environment by trying to bully or intimidate others. Like for me, I feel like it's kind of like a bullying type aspect, you know what I mean? And I feel like bullies are really people who are not very confident in who they are, right? Because confidence is quiet, insecurity is loud. So when I feel like I see people act out well, like Wait a minute this, now, I'm fucking laugh. So does that mean I'm insecure? Not like that, not like that, not like that. Meaning that when you're always trying to tear somebody down, oh, no, nobody's never good down. enough. Why yeah. don't you know this already? You know what I mean? Like there's no patience. Like, but we all had to start somewhere. And why would you want to tear somebody down knowing that you was one day in their seats? Because here's the full reality for every nurse listening to this podcast. There was one time you didn't know how to put in an IV. There was times that you blew veins. There was times that you didn't know how to properly assess and you missed assessing a person and misdiagnosed a person that could have been potentially fatal. Like that's all part of growing as a nurse. But why do we hold 
another nurse and it's not even always just a new grad coming out but what if it's a new nurse coming from med surge to ed why don't we bring them in and bring in a mentorship i know we call it preceptorship but really like a mentorship coaching type relationship and really kind of coddle them from a moment to where they can build their confidence to be able to perform because this nurse was once you one day and what if somebody treated you like that uh, yeah, but I think that the problem is a lot of people don't know how to be mentors. I know that we have preceptorships at the hospital, but how many people actually take the damn class and become a preceptor? And is it really, is it really, how good is the damn thing? You know what I mean? Like, have you ever taken a preceptor class at the hospital? I did take one. Yeah. And what did you think about it? I mean, it was just pretty much going through the ropes to be able to say that you can precept and you're going to make X, Y, and Z more an hour by mm -hmm. having a Preceptor. Right, but do you think it really prepared you on how to be a good preceptor, how to be a good mentor? No, because I think they use the word preceptorship versus mentorship, but I really think that we should really change that language. And I think that preceptorship should be mentorship to where you're their mentor, you're there for them, you're there to support them, you're there to help them to answer questions and essentially be their guide to their next level of success. But I think when we use preceptorship, we're thinking that we are just here to help the person learn how to put the Foley catheter in or learn how to put the sequentials on the leg. You know what I mean? Things like that. Versus I agree. Really just mentoring them. I agree because I think that statement you just said ties into the education system in nursing because a lot of schools, the instructors are old like me or older than me, and they still teach task-based medicine, and they only know how to teach nurses how to perform a task, but they don't know how to teach the evidence part of it. They don't know how to teach wine stuff. So I think they, they're they older, they, you know, I've been doing this forever, and that comes back to, you know, to the bullying aspect of it. Because I see a lot of rapid response nurses that when they get caught up to the floor of med surge, they push the nurse out of the way because, you know, I'm an ER nurse or I'm an ICU nurse, I know how to do this shit better. How's that person gonna get better if you don't teach them and educate? And then they talk down to them and stuff, so. And you and I are both educators, right? For me, I'm an educator, I'm a coach, and I feel like to be an effective coach, I have to know how to teach. Well, I think in effective teaching, you have to be able to tell people why they're doing the thing that they're doing. And if we can't explain to people why they're doing this thing that they're doing, then I think we need to go back and evaluate ourselves, right, with that, because we should be able to teach a person why you are taking a blood pressure on a patient and what is this blood pressure indicating what are you hearing? What does the hearing of what you're hearing mean? Like yeah. that way you can be able to properly assess is what I'm hearing working? Is it not working well? And what may be the reasons why it's not working well? Like that ability to be able to think just beyond the task part of it. Oh, put the blood pressure cuff on and it should be here and sit there with right. their feet and on the ground in the right arm at the heart, the, you know, at the space of the right atrium. Whatever that looks like, right? That's just task. Yep. But That's I think it's task task powerful task. to know the reasons why. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much because I don't want to get in trouble. But there's a class. I'm upgrading my TNCC. It stands for Trauma Nurse Critical Care Course. And it's put on by the Emergency Nurse Association. They're coming out with the ninth edition. And I got invited to go to do a test pilot on it. And I watched one of the videos today. And I'm excited about this particular video because they use the... Uh, Oh, what do you call it? The Na I don't know what exactly what it is. I don't want to quote it anyway because I may get in trouble. It's like the National Aviation Association or some crap like that. But they did a study on pilots, and the pilots learned from previous 
airplane crashes that the reason why they were having so much problems is because of ineffective communication. Because you got, I don't know if you know anything about pilots, but you know, you got the senior pilot. And I, if I'm quoting them, misquoting, whatever their titles are, I don't really give a shit, but you get the drift. There's the head pilot, there's the not head pilot, I don't know, co-pilot, whatever you call it. And then there's the guy in the fucking back seat. So what they said was, though, if the guy in the back seat said, hey, Starshima, you're about to fuck shit up and kill us, what would the pilot say? Probably asking why. No, he would say, shut the fuck up. You're just the guy in the back seat. Be quiet. Mind your damn business. You don't oh. have the experience. And what happened? He was just about to fuck shit up. <laughs> well, he did. The plane crashed and killed everybody. Wow. So, mm -hmm. so what they did was they did a study on this and they talked about how can this guy in the back seat have the confidence to say, hey, pilot Starshima, you're about to crash and kill us. I think you should fucking listen. And here's why I think that you're about to crash and kill us. So they're talking about effective communication. How do we get that brought over into the nursing? That's what the ENA is trying to do. And they come at it from a trauma standpoint. But why can't we do that in every part of nursing and shit? So I agree. We, why can't we bring effective communication where everybody feels like they can speak up? Because it's about patient safety. Right. I think a lack of communication is a huge problem, right? And it does add to toxic work environments when people don't know how to communicate effectively. And a lot of, it's a national patient safety goal. Why do we come up with the S-bar, right? Why is the S-bar here? Because we didn't know how to communicate effectively with one another. Because we got tired of the soap note. Because we got tired of the fucking soap note. <laughs> got tired of the soap note, so you start writing them damn notes, and then you didn't know what to tell your damn nurse that you were sending a patient to. And because of that, it was causing sentinel event, right? So they like, hey, well, let's, let's figure a way to do this. So here's the S-bar. Here's the way that we deliver a report now, right, to enhance communication. But I think, you know, it goes back to, we talk a lot of communication and education as a current educator, and it is a lot to do with confidence. Like when you're not confident in what you're saying, the dysfunction of communication typically comes when a person isn't confident in the message in which you're trying to deliver, right? So they talk around it. It's not as clear and concise. But when you see effective communication, they have a point to the conversation. They can tell you exactly what it is that they need. And it kind of leaves no question there. Like, you know what we were saying. So I think with that, with a lack of confidence, the toxic work environments, the bullying, then that leaves people to not feel comfortable to talk about the things that matter, which aids into further toxicity within the environment. And these things begin to erupt and manifest in individuals. Yeah, I mean, if people don't feel confident in their skills, they're not going to feel confident in communicating their concerns. So I have a quote for you. Let's see if anybody gets this. We talked about this earlier, you and I. Who's the more foolish? The fool? or the fool who follows him. So keep that in mind. So are you want to be the fool or do you want to be the fucking fool who's following the fool, which is worse, right. which is worse. I don't know, you know, you got to think about this because talking about toxic work environment, I don't remember how long ago this was, I'm looking it up while we're talking, but there was an anesthesiologist who hit a nurse in the PACU. And the reason why he hit the nurse is because he came in to the PACU and turned off the alarms. Mm -hmm. This is in Colorado. He's a veteran Colorado anesthesiologist. He's been charged with felony assault after says he nearly choked the nurse into unconsciousness in a recovery room. <laughs> I know it ain't funny, but like, holy shit, like, why would you allow a physician to try to choke? I mean, I, it depends <laughs> on what? Well, what's it depend? I mean, so it was a female and a male? Who gives a shit? I don't care if it's a male, female, male, who cares? Like, if somebody reaches around your throat and tries to choke you, 
you got a knee. Where are you going to put it? I mean, they could have tried it. But they probably felt. Yeah. Well, you don't know until you try it. But he. But did you get that part why, of the story? I'm just but, kidding. I got what it says. According to a police report, the doctor who worked from an outside anesthesiology group was not a hospital employee, but who gives a shit? Was making rounds in the recovery room and was turning off the vital sign machine in the patient's base due to their constant beeping. And the nurse said that's not appropriate because it's dangerous because you're, you know, there's a true thing called alarm fatigue. And so he said nurses are subject to hundreds of false alarms every day. So he turned it off and the nurse said, can you not do that? And he got mad at her and choked her out all because she said, don't turn off my alarm. Now, she I don't know. Follow the food. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying it's appropriate. Now, I don't know how she responded to him. I don't know if she said it into a professional manner. Hey, doc, I, you know, I appreciate your concern, but please don't turn off my fucking alarms. Or did she say, hey, motherfucker, don't turn off my alarm. I know it sounds crazy, but maybe she wasn't appropriate in the way she said it to him. I don't know. But does it make a difference? Either way she talked to him, should he have tried to choke her out? No. Oh. It sounds like he didn't have no self-control. Right. And this is a professional, see what I mean? So I don't know. It says she stated that was shaking and that her feet were dancing. So he lifted her up off the ground oh. pretty heavily and stuff. So, Well, it sounds it's, like he may have been on something different. <laughs> well, From my assessment of the situation, I don't know how you can get that angry just by, even if somebody yeah. said something like that. Well, there's an anesthesiologist last year in September who killed his co-workers in Texas. You know that? He what killed patients. Uh, I think he was in trouble for, he was doing something inappropriate maybe at work, and I guess he got mad. And uh, Let's see, it says uh, he has a history of disciplinary actions against him, injecting nerve blocking and bronchial dilations, drugs into the patient's IV bags. Uh, resulting in at least one death and multiple cardiac arrests. This happened last year in September sometimes. It was the anesthesia office or a, it was surgery center. I won't tell you what surgery center it was, but he killed one and injured 10. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? Right. All because he was having trouble at work for probably doing something he wasn't supposed to. Right. Is that a, is that a toxic work environment? Oh, hell yeah, that's toxic <laughs> because they were basically, you know, they knew he was doing it, and unfortunately, sad. That's very toxic because they end up losing their life for witnessing or probably seeing something and having information around something that somebody was doing inappropriate. And unfortunately, he took them. He took so them out. Is, right. This is how he got caught. Now I don't know. She probably would have got fired, but it says anesthesiologist Melanie Casper wasn't feeling well one day in June, and she used an IV she got from the hospital, which she probably could have got fired from that because that's stealing. She took it home in an attempt to feel better. She later died that day. The authorities found out that the bag had been compromised, and that's what brought on the investigation. It says she died of bupivacaine overdose. Mm. So, wow, that's how he got caught. It's a crazy, toxic environment right there. That is really toxic. And, you know, you think of what is the motives behind these people with so much. They have power, right? Creating such a level of toxicity. And amongst the people who've seen it and witnessed and things like that, you know, that's really, really sad. So, Kevin, have you ever experienced being in a toxic work environment as a male? I mean, you know, you wanted sure to know have. all about us as women. What is it I like sure from have. a male's perspective? So I worked as a trauma ICU nurse at a facility here and, you know, close by us. It was the old one, not the new one, if you understand what I mean. It was down by the fairgrounds. 
And there was a doctor, I won't tell you his name, but he wasn't even, I guess he's a doctor. He was a resident at the time, and he was from Texas. He was a tall white guy. He used to wear his damn cowboy boots to work. He was a real prick. And I had an ICU patient, a trauma patient that only had a couple IVs. I don't remember if he had a central line in him yet or not. I think he did, but he needed more than one central line because he had so many drips. He probably had 20 or 30 drips and not all the drips could go together. And so I reported it to my charge nurse. My charge nurse said, talk to the doctor. I said, I talked to the doctor, but he won't come up and put another central line in. So what I did, I did the best I could to manipulate my drips the best I could without causing any incompatibility issues. And then I called the guy down, you know, because he covered down the trauma zone in the ED. And I called him down and said, listen, Duke, I need you to come up and start another central line. I have TPN, I have insulin, I have all these other medications that can't be mixed together. And he started yelling at me because he was busy down in the trauma ER. And I said, listen, I said, I don't want you yelling at me. I said, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I'm a grown ass man. Don't yell at me. And he starts cursing at me and more. So I hung the fucking phone up on him. And I'm not joking, like within maybe five minutes, 10 the most, he ran his ass up from the bottom floor to the ICU, throwing the door, but who the fuck just hanged up the phone on me? And I'm like, I fucking did. I'm like, I'm a grown ass man. I'm like, you don't fucking talk to me like I'm your kid. I said, if you have a problem, you come and talk to me like a professional, but I'm not going to tolerate that shit. I see that may work with other people around here, but I fucking spent 12 years in the army. We can go down outside you know, on the fucking back of the hospital, we can talk to this man on man if you want. And man, he was just like living and shit. I get it all the time. There's several surgeons that talk to people that way. There's a, I'm sure you know who he is. I won't mention his name, but he's a fucking urologist here in town. That's a pretty much of a prick. And he does the same thing. He tries to bully people and talk to them like shit. And I just don't put up with it. I, I confront them. You know, I think I give them the same respect they give me. And if you talk to me like I'm a piece of shit, I'll do the same. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm a dude, but I'm not worried about getting fired. If they fire me, what am I going to do? Go get another know. job. <laughs> yeah, but then why don't women think that way? Are you worried about getting fired? No, but I think that it took a level to be able to build that up in me around who I am, what I bring to the game, what value I bring. You know, sometimes for us as women, when you look at toxic work environments and why we stay within these toxic work environments, despite the physical manifestations that we're having as individuals is we want to be like, right? Or we we want to stay in these kind of spaces and it's just not healthy. But I think it's the emotional aspect for us as women. Whereas for you, it sounds like you stood up for yourself. You put the person in their place, which sounds like in a sense, he was bullying to some degree, right? But you didn't allow the bully to bully. Yeah, I mean, Whereas I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm a dude. I don't, now, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't see it as bullying because I don't maybe I grew up differently. You know, I'm, I was bullied my whole life and shit, but I didn't see it. As, I just saw it as a prick. You know what I mean? Because guys think differently. Like I can have another guy like I don't know your husband about it, but he's no different than any other man and shit. Him and I were talking and he might get mad at me. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Well, fuck you, too. And then the next day we come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Starshima. I didn't fucking mean I was being an asshole. Hey, it's all right. Fucking forget about it. Men are like that. We don't fucking hold on to shit. No, you guys are different. And you guys talk to each other differently. Whereas for us as women, that would be offensive. Because I know it would be. Electrician, right? He's an electrician. And sometimes I hear the way that he talk, like how they talk to each other. And I'm like, is that your husband? talk to each other like that? Like is him that, and his guys, you know? Is that, is that your husband? Crew. Yeah, my husband. I'm like, him yeah, and yeah. the crew. I'm like, why would you guys talk to each other like that? Like what part of that is respectable? 
to the person, like, why do y'all talk like that? He was like, we're dudes. I'm like, yeah, clearly like, I don't get yeah. you know? Right. We don't we don't get mad about this shit. We know each other's mad and stuff. You know, we got the bro code. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's what it is because I think I seen a post you post the other day. I don't know what the hell you were doing, but you were somewhere. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, uh, what you say? Um, fuck them all, but eighteen and feed the yeah. rest fish. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was like Kevin. Like who the uh, hell are you talking to? It. I'm Who's talking to all you. I'm talking to every single fucking person that can hear my voice. <laughs> I know, but I want you to be free. Be free. You don't have to curse like me. I told you I like yeah. to curse, but I can go yeah. without cursing. I just choose not to. But yeah, but even so, I mean, in work environments, I think is I curse a at work. Toxicity of like being sensitive work. to the other person as well because. Some people may get offended. Like if I didn't know you as Kevin and we were working together, you talk to me like I probably have fallen a little ass shell or come back and be like, I'm an angry black woman and I'm back. Uh, <laughs> well, she wasn't an angry black woman, but she didn't know how to fucking take me. See, what? Well, see, don't be mad at me, Justina. Do you know who Justina is? I do. Yeah. So the first I guess day I, I, ever, do. I don't know. It's my, yeah. it's tons of them, but. Yeah. Yeah, if I showed her to you, you'd know. Now, don't be mad at me, Justine. I won't use your last name because I don't want to embarrass you, but she loves me. But <laughs> the first fucking day I met her St. Agnes, I bit her. She didn't know me, this crazy white motherfucking biting her. She said, this fuck you bite me. I just wanted you to know I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Kevin. <laughs> bite her. I, the way that you express how you feel. Wait a I minute. do. I bite my kids. I bite my wife. I bite everybody that I love and shit. I don't know why I do it, but. You know, but I could have gotten in trouble, but she didn't. She didn't go crazy. She just like, have you lost your fucking mind? I'm like, probably. But just know I love you and I'll always be here for you. <laughs> After I beat your ass. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow, you know. Kevin. That's so, you the way know, that you express love. I do. Sometimes yeah. I do. I'm a little fucking nutty and shit. But, you know, in dark places, we find ourselves and a little more knowledge lights our way. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, that's well, fair. That's respectable. I've been in some dark places my life, and you know, I'm sure we've all been in dark places, but with a little bit more knowledge, we'll have light in our way. So Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I know, but I get I get in trouble. I get in trouble a lot, but I'm not stupid. Like when I go to work, I know how to if I don't know you, I don't know why I felt comfortable around her, but like if I didn't know somebody, I I wouldn't curse at them or be mean to them or talk to them in a Kevin way. I would try to talk to them respectfully until I got to feel them out. And I do it with my patients too. I curse in front of my patients, but I'm not stupid. I go in a room and if, if I see somebody with the Bible and the prayer, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can't curse in this fucking room. But I start singing my songs. You know, I know songs from church. Do you? Yeah, of course. Sing one for us. I got a friend. His name is Jesus. He's my friend and savior too. See? Shit. Look at you. I love it. You know what the thing is, though? I think it's, it's the respect, right? Like, if, if this may not be where I am, and I think that that is honorable to be able to respect another. And even, you know, you like, hey, I understand that people may not know me, so I'm going to pull back Kevin, right, yeah. for the sake until I get to know an individual. Right. Well, I guess I kind of feel honored because I get cussed out every other call. No, I'm just kidding. When I don't show up, I guess Kevin feels kind of comfortable around me. I'm just kidding, y'all. I told you. I told you. I tell you. You know when I'm mad at you. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, but I just think that these toxic work environments, you know, and I think sometimes, though, Kevin, like men and women, and I think as you shared your story in a different perspective of how you've been in a toxic work environment or how you've experienced it versus maybe how I've experienced it, 
But I think these things begin to manifest in us. And sometimes we don't even realize that they're happening, right? Because we're here, we're going to work. We got to provide for our family survival, you know, bills over my emotions. You'd be like, suck it up, girl, get your shit together, put your big draws on. Let's get in here and let's go to work. But we start to see these different things manifest in us. You know, it's been so many times that I work with nurses and they'd be like, oh my gut, my, I got bubble guts today. I'd be like, what the hell wrong with you? Like, right. did you eat something bad? You know what I mean? Or right. you see them like emotional eating, like the things that they're eating. You see them yeah, have high anxiety and like, you know what I mean? Work? Like, is that, that from work sense. or is that from home? Or is that huh? both? Is that from work? Is that from home? Or is that from both? Like it could, it could be both, right? Yeah. It can be stresses at home that rolls over to the work environment, not knowing how to save it. Or just being in a toxic work environment that you start seeing these things begin to flare up. You hear people often talk about they got headaches, right? Muscle tension. I'm so sore. Like, oh my gosh, I got this kink in my back. They may be agitated. We see a lot of agitations. How many times have you just went and asked somebody something and they popped off at you? Not saying that not to shed bad light on nursing is not it, but when have we worked with a coworker who probably provided good care to their patient? But we asked something wrong and they got mad at us, right? right. They were yep. irritable. Um, they were restless, you know? And these are all signs of the physical effects of toxicity in the workplace that we may not be able to say, oh, I'm in a toxic environment, but this is how I, my body is responding to this right. environment because my internal emotions that I haven't come out and just shared with you. Like, Kevin, I don't feel confident working with so-and-so. And so when I know I'm coming on shift and we're in the same green zone together, I feel like I want to shit my pants. Right. I get that. But as an employee or a person in general, you have to understand that just because I behave a certain way doesn't mean I'm doing it personal. But most people can't read minds. So if you work with somebody and you feel they're being inappropriate to you, speak the fuck up. And I know it's not always easy, but if you don't, tell somebody that what they're doing is making you feel uncomfortable, then how the hell are they going to know that you're uncomfortable? I'll give examples. I have somebody I'm talking to right now. I'm mentoring. She's working with somebody who is saying some things inappropriately to her. And the first thing out of my mouth was, did you say anything? Did you tell him that? Well, you know, I'm nervous. I'm like, well, then find somebody that you can go into a room with with that person and, and say, listen, motherfucker, I don't like that. I don't like what you're saying about me and stop it. And if you don't, then I'm going to take it to the next level. But usually if you do stuff like that, it, it can stop the situation. But people are sometimes afraid to, to, you know, confront people. And I don't know why, but sometimes you have to let people know that they're doing something that's offensive to you. Because I don't know what's offensive to you. Do you know what, do you know what offends me? What offends you? What's, so I'm asking you, do you know what offends Kevin? No. I mean, I haven't, I, I, my hope is to never offend you. I got but you. But if, I don't you know. No, but that, I'm, diff, I'm different, though. If you did offend me, I'd tell you. I'd say, fuck Starshima, I don't like that shit. Don't do that no more. But most right. people can't be like that. Most people can't be that real. Like, I don't know well, if you remember, I don't know if you remember Ning Vu. Do you remember that motherfucker? No. Remember, remember Ning Eli? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, from because of our last podcast, I told you about what my mother was going to name me, Stacy. What's that motherfucker been doing on Facebook for the last five or six days? Calling me Stacy Lynn and shit. You know, I don't get offended by that. I, I tease him and shit. But, you know, if I found something offensive, I would tell people. I don't want to tell you what offends me because I don't want I don't want that some bitch using it against me. But there's certain words that I just fucking can't stand. And yeah. if you call me those words, like it drives me insane. But I'll tell you, hey, don't fucking call me that again. Like, I don't like that word. 
You know, yeah. it's, it's just me. It's not you. It wasn't you that did anything wrong. It's just it's me that evokes this feeling that I don't like. And so people don't know what's what's going to evoke certain feelings in you because we didn't grow up at your ass. So if you don't like something, speak up. That's one way. Yeah. No, go ahead. no go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's that conflict resolution. You know what I mean? The inability to be able to resolve conflict or to be able to live your truth and state your truth. I think so we're so accustomed in this day where the fake is the new real and then when people are real you are offensive oh yeah i'm offensive all the time then i trigger I, mean, no, no, I, trigger, I do i trigger everybody <laughs> right you know it's even something as simple you can't tell someone that they're beautiful because they're right. not used to being told that they're beautiful and then now you offend them oh sh they're coming at me they they like me like why can you just be beautiful and I what makes that have any type of negative content, you know? Yeah, but you, that's sexual, sexual harassment in the workplace today, though. If I exactly. told you, if you and I were together at any, any facility and I said, damn, start seeing you beautiful as hell, I could get fired for sexual harassment. Yeah, it's huge nowadays. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think we've taken the socialization out of work sometime. And I know we're not there to work, but we spend more time with our, our work environment than we do with our family and stuff. So, I mean, we can't take socialization completely out of work because it's going to make us robots and we're going to hate each other. We're going to hate our lives. That alone is going to cause a toxic environment. Yeah. I was going to say just by not being able to share your truth and speak your truth for the risk of feeling like you're going to be retaliated against, they're going to put you in this box. Somebody's going to get offended and you rather live a lie and then show up in an environment that you're not comfortable in because you don't have the courage to tell the person what they've done to you. That's toxic. Right. I agree with that. I think that you should give somebody the opportunity to correct themselves. But if you're not strong enough to walk up to that person, say, hey, Starshima, I don't like what you said. It, it hurts my feelings. And they'll give you the chance to know that. And then you, you know, you don't say anything and then you hold it against me. And then I start acting like an asshole to you. That's to me, it's toxic. Talk to think, people. Have a human conversation. Right. And you even, they teach us this even when it comes to things like we go to sexual harassment training every single year, right? Every organization is probably my fault. <laughs> you, you don't put your, you don't, you don't have sexual harassment training no, at your organization? No, I do. I said, but all the sexual harassment training you've been to is probably my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> you just started some shit in the organization. I, I started even, some shit, so. Right. But even that, they always have you, the first thing before you even go tell your supervisor, the first thing that you should do is go and talk to the individual who's offended you. Right. And I love yeah. how you say, grab a witness with you, bring somebody in with you if you're afraid, yeah. but that's going to be the biggest move to ever make the change. Why have somebody else speak on your behalf when I you agree. are able to speak and advocate for yourself? Yeah. If not, we further continue to show up in these toxic environments having these physical manifestations, right? Secondary to our emotional experiences because we don't want to share. Now, I'm not saying that there's external reasons outside of us that can make a work environment toxic. There really can. But in some cases, how can we help ourselves in these types of environments, right? I mean, but we're supposed to be adults. We're supposed to be professionals. So why is it that we can't talk to each other and tell each other how we're feeling or what we don't like? I know that some people are overly sensitive and I know I'm probably getting in trouble for that, but some people are just seriously sensitive. And I don't know if it's the way they were raised, it's just their personality, but I mean, you got to try to understand that person as best you can as well. So we don't, we're not that person. Yeah. I think to really deal with, to be honest, thinking about this topic, Kevin, 
I think the really way to deal with toxicity in the work environments, right? You were talking about how to navigate a toxic work environment. I think that to, how to navigate and rise above a toxic work environment, I'm going to say two big words, personal development, like working on the person of you and being so clear about who you are as an individual that you have no problem with stating how you feel in a non-threatening type of way to get you to where you need to be. Because if we can't speak up to leadership as causing toxicity, if we can't state our facts, if we can't tell, if I can't say, Kevin, like, I don't like that you said that to me in that manner, then what good am I to myself? I continue to create an environment of toxicity, but how do I get better and how do I be able to navigate it? I say doing the personal development work, the things that a degree isn't going to teach you, right? right? I feel like we cheat ourselves so much as nurses because we go get these degrees and another level of degree, another level of degree, but we omit the personal development that takes us to be everything that we can be with the degree. I think we don't get this personal development because we're too cheap. We don't want to spend the money on personal development. We think that the education is going to get us the money that we deserve. But I mean, you got to have you got to have a balance between education, career development. You got to have a personal development to be human being. Understand that we come from different parts of life, different cultures. We're not all the same. So, but how are you going to learn that if you don't talk to people? Exactly. Right. And how do you learn it if you don't invest in yourself and invest in yourself in those areas? Because I definitely say those are things that degrees don't teach you. Right. Right. I think about where I've made it in life. No degree could get me there. Right. Right. Like it has been the immense amount of investment to be able to live my truth. I was a completely censored corporate person. I wouldn't even be on this podcast having this conversation with you. You wouldn't dare catch me say a cuss word. You wouldn't dare say, hear me say some of the things that I've said. And why was that? Because I was censored. I was underdeveloped as a person. I didn't know who I was. And so when I didn't know who I was, I didn't know what to say, what aligned with me and what was my truth. And then I was always considering what somebody else would say about me or criticize me or whatever that looked like. Now I really don't give a shit. I am Starshima. Here I am. Right. The party or get the hell off. So, so you're not a you're not a corporate you're not a corporate flea anymore. Not a corporate flea, but yeah. it had me for years. I know. I met your replacement yesterday. Did you? He came in my class. I'm like, did they take down Starshima's photo and put yours up in place? <laughs> you were up there forever. Now you're gone, and he's up there. See, so they got a new sucker. <laughs> That's all right. I, it worked this time for the moment. I'm it's cool with right. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you learn from it. You do. It, it was no, an immense you, amount of did growth. You, did you learn from it? I learned from it. Absolutely. The yeah. woman I am today versus when I jumped into corporate America about 20 something years ago, I'm a completely different woman. And I'm grateful because I've been faced with situations as I've grown to show me that level of inner work and that personal development. That I've heard people say, like, how did you just do that? Like, I could not have stood and let that happen to me, right? Like, how did you just do it? It's the inner work. It is the inner work. And then still being able to validate another person and let them feel validated while right. they were attacking you. That's a yeah. hell of a person yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it. Dishes, y'all have something to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I mean, sometimes you just got to learn to be that way. Like, I, there can be people that I can't stand that I want to, 
you know, poke them in a the damn eyeball, but they won't know it because I'll hey, how you doing, Skarshima? You're nice. That love you is good. Yeah, I'll see you later. And that you won't know that I want to stab you in the eye because I don't want you to see it coming. Right. Well, that's you smart. Know. But see, <clears throat> you like that kind of person, you'll make me nervous because here's here's that's how Skarshima is. I if love... I don't like you, you'll know mm-hmm. I don't like you. I yeah, entertain but... you. And I'll be cordial and I'll be respectful and I'll speak to you. But all that other stuff. I nah. got you, but I love when people underestimate me, Starshima. I love it. People underestimate me because I talk funny, because I curse, you know, because I don't act like a corporate fool. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with corporate America. Don't get me wrong. But I just, you know, there's certain things that you, I think there's certain things that corporate America could learn from the regular old people and stuff. But I always believe in following policies and rules, you know, for the most part, because they make things work better. But not all the rules are there for a reason. Sometimes the rules need to be changed or tweaked. But I love it when people underestimate. I love it. Well, I think that's what? why we work so well together because I love it too. Yeah, let them underestimate me because they won't you see it coming. actually have the advantage. <laughs> yeah, they won't see it coming. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Oh. You actually have the advantage when they underestimate you. I, I've had people come here to the office and I'm sitting behind, I'm sweeping up, or I'm cleaning something, picking up trash, and they'll. They'll throw trash on the floor and say, oh, can you help me get that too? You know, are you the janitor? I'm like, yeah, I'm the fucking janitor. And then when I go and start teaching a class, like, oh, I didn't know you were the instructor. I thought you was the janitor. I'm like, I am, but I'm their instructor now. And, you know, they feel embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I don't get mad about that. I I like it because, to me, those are moments that will humble people. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. I put a quote on my social media that kind of speaks to that. And it was saying that act like you can't afford the bread. Oh yeah, I saw that. Find out you own the bakery. Right, I saw that. You know? Like, yeah, that's true. Be humble, you know what I mean. But that's allowing people to underestimate you. Think about, I think about sometimes the rooms that I've sat in, right, in some of these toxic places, and people didn't know who you are. Like, and I felt like I was put in the room because I didn't know because they didn't know who I was, right, right. and whose I was. For me to be able to see how people would treat you when they don't feel like you are somebody. But right. when, oh, when the tables turn, right. I mean, I ain't trying to, you know what I mean? But no, I think but that I that is the greatest advantage that you can have yeah. that people really don't know. People spend too much time judging books by the covers, which right. aids in these toxic work environments without giving people the opportunity. And you just never, never know who's who. I am Starshima. Y'all know Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's my rich auntie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I ain't got nobody that's rich. I'm just fucking Kevin and shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, Kevin got that humbleness. He he got that humble, humble soul. I love it. Well, Kevin, it's been great. I think this yeah, has been, been a fun. good, good yeah. episode. What are what are some of the things you want to tell the people about how to navigate a toxic work environment? There's some nurses who listen to the podcast right now who's holding inside. Like, I don't want to go to work. I feel stressed. They're having anxiety. Their blood pressure's raising beforehand. They're freaking having the bubble guts and they're blaming it on their IBS. Well, I mean, it could be their IBS. Quit eating all that fucking. But hey, hey, listen, listen. I heard a doctor, I heard a doctor in the ER tell me that IBS is linked to emotional things. Yeah, I can believe it. I mean, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of uh, autoimmune disorders that are related to stress and all the kind of crap that we eat. And because we won't, we don't share our emotions. We're emotional creatures. We just won't share it. You know, because we're afraid we're we're trapped inside ourselves because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, maybe their fucking feelings need to be hurt. So don't be afraid to open up. You know, don't be afraid to share what you're feeling with somebody. And if they don't like it, 
They don't have to listen to you no more. But you can't go around walking on eggshells at work. You got to be able to speak to peace. You don't have to curse like me. You don't have to be straightforward like me, but you can find your way to get the message out that you aren't happy with the way things are. But this is one thing I, when I was in the military and I was a sergeant, I always told my underlings, I said, listen, don't fucking bitch and shit unless you're going to come with a solution. You know what I mean? If you're going to bitch and complain, come with a solution. So that way I know that what you're saying is real because you already have something in mind that may make things better. If you got something at work that you don't like, if you're working in a toxic work environment, come with a solution that can possibly help. And if you don't like that environment, if they're not willing to listen, there's the damn door. Go find another place. But just know that wherever you work, the grass is not always green. People are people. You got to learn to deal with people. And maybe you need to take classes. Maybe you need a mentor like Starshima on how to fucking deal with people. Get you a fucking nurse coach. Starshima, she'll set your ass straight. Yeah, come on. Let's go out here yeah. and build this brand. Let's show how yeah. we should show up in the yeah. world. And yeah. I mean, be authentically who you are. I was that nurse who was <laughs> stuck, right? Who didn't right. know how to, who worked in toxic environments, right? <laughs> and who didn't know how to speak up for herself. And although I love the nature of the job that I've done, sometimes that impacted my ability to be able to show up and perform at my maximum capacity. But I can definitely tell you the game changed when I got clear about who I was, what I stood for, and got really confident in that thing. And I think that clarity bred the confidence. What I was trying to attach myself to and the identities that I was trying to attach myself to kept me struggling. But when I tapped into who I was is when the game changed and eventually transitioned me from being a bedside nurse and removing myself from environments that I felt like no longer served me. So I say to you all is if you're a nurse and you're working in an environment and you're starting to see these physical manifestations and maybe you didn't even know where they were, but after this podcast, you're just like, that's me. I say get really, really clear about who you are. And if these environments are no longer serving you, why do you stay? Right. Like, there's let's so, get out of toxic yeah. environments. Yeah. There's so many things in nursing that we can do. Like, nursing is untouched. Like, there's so many things you can do as a nurse. Like, they paid a private nurse. I think it was Elon Musk. They paid it, or some Tesla or somebody paid a nurse private fees, like a couple hundred grand just to fly around the world for a few days or something. It was crazy. Come on, I mean, Elon. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. I know, but I mean, so how do people get a hold of you? They want you to, to mentor them and be their coach. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hire me, you want to work with me, you want to be in my community, I want you to follow me on Instagram. It is Coach Starshima. I am there. If you want to send me an email at info at IamStarshima.com, send me an email, say, girl, let's work. I am ready to get out of these toxic environments. But more importantly, I'm ready to tap into every bit of the woman that I was created to be. And let's explore your opportunities. So follow me there. You can also follow me on Facebook. Are you only there for women? I am only there for women at this current moment. I have men who are in my circle, like my good, good friend, Mr. Kevin. He's been around. He's been supporting the sister. He's been here. He's been cheering me on. And that is absolutely amazing. But right now I serve women. And if you need mentorship, if you're looking for someone who's in it, and Kevin is a great nurse who can help you. He's strided through some of the things that you may be currently going through now and you want that guidance. Maybe you're a new nurse and you're like, you know what? I need a seasoned nurse to help me tread the waters that I haven't seen yet. Kevin I is did. it. Reach out to my guy. Where can they find you, Kevin? Well, you know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. You know, we're at more than CPR.com. You know, the 
I'm proud because I like it. I, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but I have a lady that she took one of my classes here recently and I put it on Facebook. She took my TNCC class and she's like, you know, you kind of kicked my ass and got some fire underneath me. And I went and took my certified emergency nurse exam and I passed it. She wanted to give me a shout out and I like her. So I like stuff like that. I want to help people so they get out and become a better nurse and stuff. So her name was Claire Two Lance. All right, Claire, congratulations, Claire. We clap it up. We celebrate nurses around here. And most importantly, we want to empower nurses to be everything that they can be, whether it's at the bedside, whether it's off bedside. Kevin and I are both nursepreneurs. So we've transitioned what we learned at the bedside, packaged up our genius and created an avenue for financial freedom, time freedom for ourselves, for our families. So if you're interested in that, we got the sauce. We got the tea. Definitely want to follow up with us about that. All right, Kevin, send us away, my guy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Keep following us on the Facebook and stuff. So, you guys, I like it. Thank you for visiting us here at Nurse to Nurse Podcast. You want to go see Starshima? See her on Instagram, Facebook. You guys take it easy. Have a great night. What do you think about that?